1: Alright, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Hootball Celtics podcast. Uh, We are here following the Hornets-Celtics game, which went to overtime. Uh, Celtics took a 140-129 victory, which was great to see. Uh, Introducing my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, how you doing, Patrick?
0: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm feeling pumped. I'm feeling really good, man. Yep. And uh, also, you know, here to
1: break down the Rockets game, uh we have our guy from the Rockets lead. We have Zeke, man. Zeke, thank you for joining us. How are you doing tonight, man?
2: I'm great, man. Just a little bit tired. Uh I had to do some landscaping at my house, but you know, I'm here. I'm excited to talk about the gospel of Jalen Green. So we
1: Yes, sir, yeah, Jalen Green definitely was impressive in that in that Rockets game. So uh Patrick, why don't you kick us off, man? Uh what are your first impressions from the Rockets game? Celtics got their uh, first win of the season. That was good to see. But uh, what were your what were your takeaways from the game,
0: just general? Yeah, man, it was it was a good a uh, good win from the Celtics. It wasn't always pretty in that game at times, but going in there with no Jalen Brown, um, no Romeo, and after a really big loss at home in the season opener to Toronto by 32, I believe it was. Um, this was a good response. This was the way to come back. I mean, they, I wish they played a complete 48 minutes, but they played about 30, 32 minutes of really good basketball. They ended up turning into their first win of the season, the first win of uh Imei Yudoku's career as a head coach in the NBA.
1: Yeah, no, that was really good to see, man. Um, like you said, it wasn't a full 48 minutes, um, but there was really one run, one stretch by the Celtics to kind of you know, brought them away from the Rockets. Um, you know, otherwise the Rockets were pretty competitive, honestly, all night. You know, uh, most notably Jalen Green, who I believe was 8 for 10 from 3 and a couple highlight dunks. Uh, Zeke, I just know you're a happy man knowing he's going to be in Houston for the next decade,
2: man. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, um, <laughs> on Twitter, you know, well, on the Bird app, you know, there's been like the whole contingency fight. Everybody knew that Cade was the number one guy, right? But the whole debate became Mobley or Jalen Green. So it's basically Mobley mob or Green gang, right? Right. And Mobley mob was having the life of the party because Mobley's first three games were fairly consistent. He's always impressed each game. But the first two games, you know, we don't want to talk about it, especially the first game against the T-Wolves. That never happened, right? (laughs) I don't care what anybody said. That never happened. But I swear to God, I remember going on Twitter. I said, "Rockets Twitter, we got a man- manifest, a twenty-point a uh, twenty-plus point masterclass from Jalen Green. Let's manifest." Had it went crazy, a little bit crazy, it went like 120 something, like something like that. But for some reason, like it was like Goku with the spirit bomb, and he raises his hand. <laughs> Rockets Twitter just gave him the power, and this man proceeded to have 30 points having a 30-point game, shooting 8 for 10 from three and shooting 11 for 18 from the mm-hmm. field, having two blocks, one steal, and three assists, four boards. He had an amazing game.
1: Yeah, um, I just think it's funny. You know, of course, people are trying to take victory laps after three games into someone's career, man. I mean, I think everybody knows Jalen Green's going to be just fine. But it hurt to be on the on the end of that first great game that you manifested, you and all Rocket's Twitter, just like the Spear Bomb, like you said. Hurt to be on the other end of that, but I got to admit, as a basketball fan, it was terrific to see. And also, I'm glad Jason did not dunk uh, or did not jump on that second dunk attempt, because he, then you he would have a poster to hang in your room, man. And I would Oh my
2: god! I was. Like <laughs> Jalen made an executive decision. He looked, turned around, said, "Yeah, I'm out of here. I'm not."
1: <laughs> yeah, he said, "I'm good, man." Yeah, Jalen. Uh, he almost kissed the rim on that second one, man. That was, that was amazing. But um as far as the game goes, I mean, yeah, it was only a ten point game. I mean. It felt like there was a second there where, uh, you know, it was going to be back and forth. But Pat, our boy Al Horford, man, he kind of took over the game defensively, Uh, you know, making some good passes offensively. And I think he really opened up the game for us.
0: Yeah. And another thing on Jalen Green, man, he's, he's going to be a special player in this league. I think he's been around for a long time. He's going to be a real high end scorer. Great talent for Houston there. Uh, but also, any opposing team that plays the Celtics might as well play your rookies because, you know, we gave Scotty Barnes a uh, leading score in that game. And uh, <laughs> Jalen Green goes off on us the next night. So, apparently, if you've got drafted in this year's class, uh, you want to play the Celtics right now because they are just letting people rain buckets on them. But, no, man, Al Horford was amazing in this game. I thought there was times where – you know The Celtics felt like they were kind of getting out of it and getting into the old habits, and Horford was like, nope, we are running right back into being this well-oiled machine, and I, I just believe Al Horford is a really good piece to, of leadership that the Celtics have been lacking, especially from last season that they're getting a lot this season, and he was able to really pull the team back together, and they were able to squeeze out their first win.
1: Yeah, big agree. I think Horford really you can really tell his impact uh is positively affecting the team. And even though he only had um one assist um in the game against the Rockets man, it really felt like he was helping the ball move. Um I know an early symptom uh a season of like er- uh symptom of early season basketball is like, you know, maybe not a lot of great passing possessions, you know, uh heavy dribbling, heavy ISO. Well, when we get Horford in there, you know, it's a little easier to run the offense through him, you know, DHO's get some more movement, so that was good to see. But, Zeke, Zeke, correct me if I'm wrong. uh, You may or may not have compared Al Horford to – said he was moving like Bigfoot on Twitter I saw during the game, man. Yeah, Yeah, man, man
2: does move like Sasquatch, man. It's not – it doesn't look right. It doesn't look (laughs) right.
1: No, you're right. And he did look a little uh, little slower in the first half, but then he kind of got it together
0: in the second half, man. He's got old man knees, man, all right? You got to let him – he's out there moving, man. You got to wait a little bit mid-season. He's not in mid-season form yet. Those knees aren't loose yet. You know, they're a little tight.
2: Listen, he can, we can call him Sasquatch not even to roast him, but literally he was terrorizing my team. Like, he was doing a lot of things defensively that were completely nasty. Now, part of it is because the team, although the smallest guy in the court is 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, if you want to debate about that, but the thing is, is that this team has a lot of slender guys on this team. So when they get to the paint, they're gonna just get smacked around, and there's nothing you can do about it. So someone like Horford will basically feast because he's a real big man. You know, he's not this big man type of unicorn guys that we claim as big men, like fours that we're pushing into fives and threes that we're pushing into. Four.
1: Right. But I will say somebody who kind of did give Horford problems, um, you know, a few at least for a few possessions, was um your rookie Alperin Sangoon. Uh, you know, I was yeah, I was oh, really okay. impressed with his game. Um, honestly, offensively and defensively, uh, I think his strengths clearly lie in offense. But he showed some pretty good things on defense too. So, I mean, Zeke, you got to be excited about that man. He 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 showed he was ready for the NBA. Like I hadn't seen a Rockets game until the Rockets Celtics game this year. And uh nah, Sangoon looks like he's just absolutely ready physically and just you know skill-wise.
2: No, I agree. Um, it's it's hilarious. It's 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 hilarious because you know, Sangoon does not start, but Thais starts. And like you would think, like, okay, Thais, this is the revenge game. Show why you're should be disgusting.
0: He came out like it was, man. He was hit, he hit that mid-range jumper,
2: and I was like, oh gosh, it's a Thais game. And then he didn't he didn't do anything <laughs> else after that. <laughs> Listen, I have to ask
1: also. Um, does Ty still get like the worst whistle in the NBA, Zeke? Like, have you noticed that? Like, this man could not get a foul call to save his life when he played in Boston. So I just, we, you should, you should keep an eye on that to see if it keeps up. Because man, he
2: couldn't get a call for nothing. I mean, to be frank, it's been three games, but the Rockets just can't get a whistle, even if yeah, they yeah,
1: depend it's, on it's like, hard for a young team, right? To get the whistle,
2: the, the... yeah. So it's like I don't, I, I can't really speak about that, but. I just did Rockets Lead podcast last night, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was Keegan. Keegan brought out the numbers saying that right now, Opera and Singun uh, net rating is actually better than Tice in the starting lineup. I mean, it honestly. It may be a small sample size, but that's what it says.
1: Listen, with, with the, that
2: they're better defensively and offensively.
1: What the eye test can tell you, man, or at least from last night, I mean, we obviously, you know, Patrick, we both. Personally, I love Tice. I thought he brought a lot of great things to the Celtics. But uh, Sangoon clearly has a much higher ceiling. And as far as, like, as young as a team you guys are, I think uh, Sangoon's going to overtake Tice soon enough in the starting lineup, or at least I think he right. should because, oh, he, bro, Sangoon really has a serious, serious offensive package that not I don't think a lot of guys his size have,
2: like, genuinely. right. You can literally run him as our offensive hub because we don't have as much playmaking on the team. So he can literally just push the game towards him and everybody will eat because of it because he doesn't even look to score. He looks he looks to playmake. Yeah. So it wouldn't even be a problem. Someone like KPJ who was learning to be a point guard, he may be point guard in theory, but he came in the league as a small forward and used his first two years in the league as a small forward, right? So he's not really a point guard there. Jalen Green has good reads, but he can't make advanced passes. And Tate, he's good, but then he has no offensive package to really put the defense on his heels. So all of his passes are just telegraphed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Sangoon should be the guy that, you know, should be started and at least playmakers should start from him so that the team can get into rhythm and then you can start playmaking off of
1: yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the Celtics, they really forced KPJ into a lot of turnovers. Actually, it was eight here. He had uh, three assists and eight turnovers. And, you know, the Celtics really showed that uh, their backcourt is pesky, man. I wouldn't want to be any backcourt going up against the Celtics, you know. At the very least, it's going to be really annoying to face, you know, Smart, Schroeder, uh, Jay Rich when you want to put some size on there. But I think mostly I would say it was Smart and Schroeder really making KPJ's life hell.
0: Yeah. And then also we, we had Jason Tatum who was really good on both ends of the court. He's been really displaying a lot of his defensive potential and I'm expecting him to even rise even higher as the season progresses, as this team gets more comfortable on the defensive side of the ball and they're better on the communication. But as we all know from tonight's game as well in Charlotte, you know, Tatum was really important on the defensive side. He was really big in that Houston game, but also he was able to put 20 points up in the first half that really led the charge for the Celtics. And then we had the unsung hero, you know, with Jalen Brown out. We were like, who's going to be that offensive push to help Jason Tatum carry the load against the Rockets. And who would have guessed Grant Williams, you know, with 11 points in that first half and was just, he's just been an absolute sniper this season from three really confident shooting. He said back, um, about his shooting form in the past seasons is that he's always felt like he's rushed a shot too much. He, he didn't let the ball sit enough on his hand before releasing it. And he's been a little bit more patient and honestly it's paid dividends. His shot looks way more fluid and he gave the Rockets all they could handle. They kept them open in those corners and he made them pay. People are going to have to start stretching on Grant Williams and respecting his shot.
1: No, hundred percent. I mean, Patrick, if the third game of last year, you said fast forward one year, And in the third game of the season, Grant Williams will be five of seven from three with 18 points. You know, I would have said that you are a crazy person because remember Grant did not make his first 25 or I don't believe 26 three pointers. He missed 29. It was 29. It was
0: like, Oh, 29 is starting. You know, like you
1: said, man, a shot looks a lot more fluid. Um, you know, Zeke, I know you weren't expecting to get burnt by Grant Williams, but you know, somebody had to do it with Jalen out. So that was good to see. Um, I will say, you know, Rob, it's kind of crazy, man. He only took two shots, man. That was, uh, I don't know. We just need more from Rob there, you know, in the paint, especially going, you know, sorry, Zeke. I mean, I love Christian Wood on offense, but I think he leaves something to be desired on defense, so I would have liked to, you know, oh, kind of that's attack him not, a little that's bit.
2: That's not, <laughs> I mean, I've said it multiple times. Christian Wood playing defense in the post is like my godson playing defense on me on the Fisher-Price route. Like, it <laughs> doesn't work. It's not good. (laughs) It's part of the reason why Tice was brought there. And, like, not to be rude, Tice is a very impactful basketball player in certain situations. But because of the fact that we have Wood there, Tice literally just sets screens and just gets cardio exercise for, like, (laughs) games. So it's,
1: it's,
2: It's frustrating when you have someone like Sangoon, but I digress. The play that really, like, set that I really liked Besides the third quarter, probably happened in the third quarter. I'm not sure. Both of you can correct me, right? Yes. I remember there was like a – like on fast break, you guys, one of your players threw a bounce pass from half court and it reached uh, your center and he dunked it. I was really surprised about that pass. It was like an amazing play to me. I was like, who do that? I really loved that play. Do you all remember that?
1: Um, yeah, uh, Patrick, I mean, I believe it was uh... – I believe it was uh, Smart who made the pass.
2: Yeah, it was Smart to, uh, to time yeah, on yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. yeah that, that, that intrigued me a lot. That intrigued me a lot because that's a very hard pass to throw. Yeah.
0: Especially
2: yeah. if it's a bounce pass. Marcus point. Smart is
0: a sneaky good playmaker. Mm-hmm. He's just uh, – People just don't realize it because they like to make fun of him and his shot selection at times. And, and, you know, he's known more for his defensive side of the ball. But he can really pass the ball. He was one of the only Celtics for a while in the past few seasons that's been able to actually throw a decent lob pass. So Yeah.
1: And and against the Rockets, man, he had five assists to one turnover. I mean, I absolutely love to see that from Marcus. You know, he only took eight shots. He was three of eight, one of five from three. Um, But if Marcus is just making, you know, the correct passes – You know, sometimes he gets a little pass happy and that can lead to turnovers. But if he's making the right passes, Patrick, like you're saying, man, he's like sneaky, really good, like making really, really good reads. So, you know, keeping the turnovers down, getting the assists up, that's stuff I absolutely love to see from Marcus.
2: Yeah, most definitely. Like, Marcus Smart is a winning player. I mean, yeah, it's frustrating that he was like somebody who just like, oh, no, 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 yes, 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 yes type of guy when he shoots threes. But now he's a competent three-point shooter, so now you can't really be mad at him. You know what I mean? Part of the reason why I'm not low on the Celtics, I'm not particularly high on them. But I don't think this team has, like, particularly taken a step back as most people have or are skeptic.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, everybody is crying for the Celtics to get a point guard. And, you know, why I think that is, you know, somewhat of a valid concern. I also am a big proponent of believing that Marcus can step up into that role. And I think, you know, he has shown that he he is curbing his shot attempts. He is taking less bad shots this year so far. And like we're saying, it's a very small, you know, it's a small uh, sample size only 3 now 4 games, but that's showing me. That's showing me something that when Smart is missing shots, he doesn't just keep chucking, man. Maybe he just looks to make the right pass, you know, move the ball and I think that's really important uh, if you're going to be the point guard, you know, leader of the team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then you had um, Dennis Schroeder off the bench uh, in that game who was really crucial for the Celtics in the third quarter. He went on like a little personal like, seven-point run in a matter of like a minute and 30 seconds. He just hit like a, a mid-range jumper, blew by somebody for a layup, blew by another person for a layup. Um, Schroeder was just having his way with getting switches onto the big men on the Rockets and just like saying, I'm going to be faster than you, and, and good luck trying to catch up to me by the time I get to the rim. And some of those layups he wasn't hitting in the first few games, but he made the Rockets really pay for any switches that were on him in that third quarter, which allowed the Celtics to kind of start pulling away and, and really getting a little comfortable um, before going into that fourth.
2: Yeah, I'm used to that. Schroeder kills us all the time when he plays us. <laughs> it's just too easy. I mean, I remember somebody on Twitter who was, a, who was a part of Rockets Twitter was saying, like, yeah, at least we know that Sangoon does a better job on recovering in defense than Robert Covington like, in that Lakers playoff. So, like, that was bad.
0: Yeah, man, we, we all have those. We all have those guys who just kill your team every time. And, and like, one one we talked about um, today, man. I, I was tweeting earlier was Ish Smith, man, is just a a Celtic killer for some reason. He, like sees blood in the water when he plays the Celtics, and it's, and he just starts hitting ridiculous shots. And another guy, as everybody knows, is Chris Middleton. Who oh is my gosh, he sees you have Celtics on your jersey, just just expect him to shoot 70% from the field. No, this man
1: his, literally shot 70% aid. from 3 in a 7 game series against us. I'm like,
0: oh god. <laughs> no, literally <laughs> yeah, it gives like, you nightmares. So he, it gives you nightmares. He literally man. shot about
1: I think it was like between 65 and 70% he shot from 3 in the, in a 7 game series. Shooting like
0: seven threes a I'm game, like, game too. Like,
1: oh too. my god. That man, I literally have like PTSD from when we play the Bucks. I'm like every time Chris Middleton shoots, I'm like, oh that's money. Um, but I will say here's a question about Ish Smith. Just how many teams do you think that Ish Smith has played for in his
0: NBA career? Oh, I'm guessing eight. Do you have? Number I do. I know the number. Are
2: you just throwing the question? Zeke, you got a guess? You know the I'm number? I'm. I'm. I was gonna originally say eight, so I'm. A, I'm gonna raise it higher and say twelve. Oh, and Zeke
1: with the nail on the head—it actually Whoa. is twelve teams, bro. Isn't that wild? <laughs> oh, no, I should—I
0: I should I have let you said eight because I was going to go higher, but I was like, no, no you. Yeah, I was hoping Zeke like would up empty
1: right there after you said eight because honestly, I said when I when somebody asked me, I said six, and I thought that was a lot, but twelve, man. He's a journeyman, but he always shows up, Patrick. No matter what team he plays for, man, he shows up to kill the Celtics.
0: Yeah, man, he likes playing the Celtics, man. I and mean, we should invite him to, you know, practice or something, just so we can get better on defense or something.
1: I yeah, yeah, he'd be the scout team Steph Curry in practice every.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable, for real. But then, man, man, that fourth quarter um, was a little sloppy by Boston as well against Houston. They didn't get their first bucket until the nine fourteen mark in the fourth quarter. Just Jeez. went kind of scoreless for almost three minutes straight to start out. It just kind of felt like they got. Too comfortable. They they play with their food too much. You know they took their foot off the gas. Like, and and what's really concerning in that situation that I think is you're on a back to back against the Rockets. No offense to Zeke, but it's a team that the Boston Celtics are built. You know roster wise, you should beat them pretty comfortably um, and and be able to rest Jason Tatum in the last five minutes of that game. But because you allowed the Rockets to stick around and fight till the end, you you had to have Jason Tatum on the court. A lot longer than we anticipated. And that could really kill the Celtics as we're going more into the mid season that we need to start learning how to finish those games so that, you know, going into a back to back, we don't have, you know, Jason Tatum coming off a 36, 38 minute night when it could have been 30.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree that the Celtics need to keep their foot on the gas uh, keep their foot in the neck a little harder. But shout out to the Rockets, man. I mean, a lot of young teams would fold, you know, when they get down, you know, fourteen or you know in that range towards the end of the game. But man, the Rockets kept fighting, kept it uh, competitive till late. So got to give your team props. But Patrick, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, you can never let up, man. No matter what the score is, man. You know, you got to really uh, you know, bury bury the hatchet, man, so you can really uh get your starters.
2: No, most definitely, and uh, you know, again, I, I do understand your concerns. But, you know, don't don't beat yourself up too much. The Houston Rockets are known as a team since we, like, decided to restart as a team that just gets fake comebacks, right? Where, like, you okay. could be losing by, like, 30 points and then we'll shorten it to 15. And it will just be like, oh, is this another fake comeback? Like, literally, like, that's all we do on Rockets Twitter. Like, is this a fake comeback to make everybody keep watching? But, um, yeah, I mean... You know, the first game was so bad. I didn't know how to respond to that. We had ant, we had cat calling people, uh, female dogs out here and flexing his muscles. We had ant telling our coach to go call a timeout after after three. It was bad, and I was like, something has to change because if these people are thinking about this about our team, that means they coach is weak and they think the players are weak too. But the second game, they came out like gangbusters and won that game. And then the sec, and then you see this game. We were supposed to lose because we lost the second quarter. You guys had thirty one points. We had twenty one in the second quarter. And in that third quarter, where you guys just hit the turbo button, right when Al Horford was just smacking people around the place, and everybody just started scoring, just starting a show in, in, in Toyota Center. You guys won, thirty six to twenty one. But then you know what happened in the fourth quarter? You guys scored 18 and we scored 25. So these guys closed the deficit within 10. If they were just able to just clean it up a little bit in the third quarter and just been more competitive, this could have been a game similar to like the game that you guys just finished watching.
1: Yeah. No, I
2: agree. I mean, honestly, like you said,
1: if they, if you guys, if the Rockets cleaned it up a little bit, they allowed 28 points off turnovers. Man, if they just cleaned that up a little bit, the game looks probably a lot more competitive uh, than it ended up being. But um, like you said, man, Bigfoot was terrorizing your children. Man, he was out there.
2: Oh yes, you know, he was. <laughs> making him. I beat. think that's my new nickname for him, Bigfoot. I have a tendency of giving people nicknames.
1: That's, that's a good big one. Big I mean, you know, he does. He does kind of move plotting, but he can also be pretty scary. So. Uh, yeah, Patrick, isn't that good to hear, though, that the uh, the Rockets are good uh, fake comebacks all the time? That does put me a little bit at ease because, uh, you know, the Celtics definitely kept their foot on the gas pedal tonight, Even at least on the offensive end, Patrick. I
0: don't know about defense, but. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 still kind of frustrating, you know, three minutes almost to, to start a quarter with no offensive no bucket, no basket. You know, it's I still wanted to see more. I just want to see more consistency. Like, it's cool if, like, the Rockets come back and they're just hitting shots and we're still hitting shots, but they're just hitting a couple more than us, which inches closer. I'm cool with that, but I, I just felt the Celtics were flat. And the Rockets, you know, had enough opportunities as we're flat to to eventually catch up. And and that at the end of the day, I just don't like sloppy basketball. As we've seen from the Celtics in those first three games, it's been a lot of sloppy basketball. But they they did clean things up a lot better in that Rockets game, especially on the turnover side of things. And um, it, it carried over into the Hornets game, and, and they they play very well. And and to be the team that was undefeated.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'm just reading here that you know, three and zero would have been the Hornets' best, uh, best start in franchise history. They've never yeah, got. It, it was. Wow. Well, that's wild, and they're not going to go four and zero at least. That's, that's good to know. I mean, this was. Crazy yeah, game. we you know we, we knocked off the number one team in the East tonight. Right. That's good. That's good. Um. So I think we're going to move on to the Hornets game. I mean, Zeke, feel free to stay around if you watch the game, man. Uh, you can, you know.
0: Course, but, I think you were sleeping, man. Yeah, was I was sleeping, sleeping in the game. Most definitely. <laughs> well, but no worries, Zeke. It was nice having you on, man. Plug in your stuff before you leave us, and make sure you get all your everybody to follow you and where they can follow
2: you on Twitter and everything. Okay, definitely. Thank you guys for having me here, Patrick and Lucas. Y'all are awesome, and everybody here that comes to came to attend the live show, y'all are awesome too. Um, I actually, am a contributor for Rockets Lead. Also known as the lead, so definitely follow up me on Twitter at it's just Zeke, which is spelled I T Z J U S T Z E K E, and yeah, you can follow me. And if you want to hear about rocket stuff, you know where to find me. Shout out to everybody else.
1: No, plug your po- pu- plug your pod Zeke. I love listening to Zeke's pod. So Celtics.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shout out to the yeah. shout out to the yeah. Rockets League Liftoff pod. We actually just recorded, so you can definitely listen to that one.
1: Yeah, check it out, man, because uh, I know we're going to be playing the Rockets again. So if you guys want to, you know, check in with the Rockets when the Celtics are about to play them next, definitely listen to Zeke's. That's my favorite Rockets pod, man. Uh, Zeke, seriously, man, appreciate you coming on and break down the game with us.
2: Yeah, shout man, Zeke. We Thank appreciate you. you, man. Man, I appreciate you guys, man. Shout out to Green Room for making this happen. Sure.
0: Yes, sir. You know, it's also clutch is not only having Zeke join us on our, our live show, but also clutch is when you get Manscaped. Manscaped, Lucas. What do you know about lands, uh, Manscaped? you got the Beth lawnmower, Mower 3000, I think it's called. Um, but they got a bunch of great product keep you nice and clean, clean-shaven, have you hairless. Your lady's going to love it. Make sure that you go ahead and plug in Hoopball 20 to get that 20% off. That way you can get your new Manscaped um a- Equipment.
1: yes that is hoop ball 20 for that 20 percent off uh but patrick on to the uh you know i will just say more exciting of the two games will be coming
0: oh man let's let's get into it man we got we just oh man that first possession of the game was beautiful it was like three four passes into a beautiful look and i was just like yes so and J- jason tatum was in his bag as far as passing the ball he even people weren't hitting the shots but man jason tatum was slinging that basketball around
1: So I'm just gonna say, Patrick. You. So I get off work at about six o'clock. So I didn't get home until about four or five minutes left in the second quarter. So please just take us away, covering that first quarter.
0: Oh, I got you, man. Yeah, yeah. So that first bit, yeah, the first quarter, great ball movement. Perimeter defense was a problem, though. We're giving up way too many open threes. I think this has been a trend in general with all of our games so far to start season. They just keep switching. When they switch, it's always an under-switch, which is going to be beneficiary to a team that shoots really well from deep. Uh, I thought Tatum was really good at finding people who are open, and that the 9-16 point with jason tatum he had a beautiful baseline drive that he ended up doing a euro into a reverse layup and finished it beautiful play by jason tatum and he was also just he hit so many people open it was just they weren't hitting and you knew it was going to start coming down and then also dennis schroeder showed up man on the offensive side of the ball in that first quarter really helped carry some of that load and was able to help jason tatum and then we had a really unusual spark as well with Jabari Parker. Jabari Ooh. Parker came in that first quarter, had just hit back-to-back threes right off the rip, same corner. Wop, wop. And then Ish Smith was a well-known Celtic killer coming out at the end of that first quarter, game. us buckets. Parker ends up fin- finishing that whole first quarter with 11 points, and, and the Celtics were, were tied 33-33. It just started out with just shootout, shootout. And this whole game felt like that until it kind of got later into the overtime where fall you know shots started finally coming back to earth and people were getting tired, but the pace of play in this game was insane. I thought this was going to go for 160 on both teams.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will say I was talking to some people earlier today, and I kind of had a feeling that this was going to be like a shootout um, because I mean we've seen early you know how good the the Hornets really are. You know they're a very young, fast, athletic team. Miles Bridges is showing that he's much more than just a role player. He's really capable of putting the ball in the bucket. So. You know, I told someone today, I said, I think, you know, the Rockets are probably about to hang 120 on the Celtics. It's just going to be whether or not the Celtics um, can outscore them. And the Celtics
0: proved that they could, man. So that was really good to see. Yeah, man. I mean, the Celtics really came out and they they played, they played really good basketball tonight on the offensive side, but there was just no defense on both sides (laughs) of the ball. It seemed like, Um, but that second quarter started off when Tatum had a, an open free throw jumper, And went ahead and it ended up coming down, same spot, but with the defender in his face, splashes in his face. And then what was really weird after that, it kind of felt like Tatum was going to get into a groove, and Ime just subs him out. And I was just like, scratched my head, like, Tatum just hit three straight buckets and was finding a groove, and then you sub him out. Uh, to kind of like ice him in this. I don't. I don't know what what happened there. Maybe Eme just wanted to save them the line. I can't argue with Eme at the end of the day. Jason Tatum, I believe finished the game with forty one um, points. If I'm not wrong on that, yes, it might did.
1: be forty. No, he finished. With, was forty? He finished with forty one points, eight assists, and seven
0: rebounds. Uh-huh. And those assists could have been like well, could have been way more. And if, Yeah, it was insane with how many people he opened, and they just did not make the shots, and they were wide open. But, yeah, Jason Tatum was really on one. But uh, the thing in that uh, start of second quarter first like six minutes was we just kept leaving the threes open. It it was just like, yeah, we were doing so great on offense, but we were shooting ourselves on the foot. And defense, we had time to set because we were making shots. So I don't know why the perimeter defense is so soft right now. I don't know if we're going under. We're not hedging correctly. But the Celtics need to be a lot better at just – being pushed out on defenders and not giving them too much breathing.
1: Yeah. That is definitely one thing that stands out. Um, you can definitely see shooters getting a little bit too much space. Um, you know, you got to close that gap and you know, I know a lot of these guys are a threat to drive too. Uh, but when the three start raining down, man, you really have to put a hand up uh, just, you can't let them, you know, rain from downtown Man, you got to live with, you know, driving yeah, and man. trusting your defensive rotations. As you know, opposed to just letting them keep shoot uh, open looks from three pointers So, um, yeah, go ahead.
0: I mean, absolutely. I mean, that allows the that allows the Hornets team who shot 11 of 17 from deep, and there were still six minutes and 36 seconds left in the first half. They had 11 threes already made, That's and they, nice. out of 17. That's insane. They were shooting insane. They missed six shots from deep. Uh, Lamelo was getting free shots every time he was dribbling up the court. It seemed like you know, just just not good. But then we had uh we had a, a really good sequence of play at the 5 5, five mark. Jason Tatum had a beautiful feed to Robert Williams, like a dime pass. Williams drew a defender instantly, and he fed Hernan Gomez, who cut right down the middle of the paint, and he got an easy layup, man. I was just like – that's that's an almost a playmaking where it kind of gets lost because it doesn't get counted for Tatum, but that's mm-hmm. that was what we've been wanting from Tatum. That's the next step for him, right? He found Robert Williams that ended up putting in position to get that next guy. You know, in hockey they call that a hockey assist. In the NBA, you know, it's it doesn't go on the box score.
1: Yeah, and you know, if you've been listening, I mean, Patrick and I have been. Harping on, you know, the next step that Tatum had to take to really elevate him to superstardom is, you know, his distributing, his playmaking. And, you know, like you said, Patrick, tonight people are going to say, oh, Tatum made the right plays. He had eight assists. But, you know, there have been other games, you know, like he only had one assist against Houston. But I know he was making a lot of great passes against the Rockets. A lot of them maybe didn't result into uh, made shots. Or like you're saying, there are sort of hockey assists. Um, so I think that that growth has definitely been showed. Um, just tonight it happened to show up in the box score a little more than the previous game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and just to end off that uh, sec that first half, uh, I thought Jason Tatum on the defensive side of ball was good on ball. Like he was a good on ball defender tonight. He had this play where Ish Smith kind of got him and tried to blow past him. Ish Smith is small and fast, got that quick first step, and Tatum was able to to stay with him that whole time, forcing up forcing baseline he ends up stepping out of bounce and getting a turnover which i thought was really crucial that was at the 133 mark left in the in the second and jason tatum stepping up on the defensive side of ball not only carrying the load offensively but he really is a, a guy we needed to put more effort on that side and he showed a lot of that tonight and i think the questions of his potential as being a defender should be put more to ease as and rest as far as what we saw tonight
1: yeah, I mean Tatum has been a guy who has, as a team defender, uh, has been really good for quite some time. Um, you know, I feel like people maybe like, um, you know, in the national media will claim Jalen Brown to be the better defender, uh, maybe because he's he was a tad better on ball. But I think that the muscle, the muscle mass, and you know just the way that Tatum has put on has allowed him to be a little bit of a better on ball defender, not get pushed around as much. Um, So that's just going to round out his game. I'm right there with you, Patrick. I don't really have any concerns about Tatum on the defensive end. Uh, With the exception of, you know, when he gets a little frustrated, he has the propensity to make silly, silly fouls. You know, he made one tonight. Uh, He definitely made some against the Rockets. But that's definitely more of like a, uh, you know, attitude adjustment thing more than actual like worrying about his, his
0: ability to play defense. Yeah, 100% there. And then uh, going into that halftime break, you know, Boston put up 68 and Charlotte put up 66. Just ultimately, just like we said, a shootout, total snipers on both teams. You know, Tatum was 21 points on 8 of 15 from the field. Parker had 13 points, 5 of 6 from the field. Only three turnovers at half for the Celtics and 18 assists. Now that right there, stamp that. That's what we want. If we lose games and the turnovers are like that and our assists are like that, I can live with it better. Like, I I know we don't want to lose at the end of the day, but I can go to bed more convinced that like, all right, we didn't kill ourselves. We just got beat.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I definitely will say uh, defense is going to have to be emphasis here, though, um, because, you know, as good as both teams are playing on offense, you know, it was definitely some bad defense lended itself to, you know, a high-scoring first half. And genuinely, just a high-scoring game. You know, I'll say the defense probably ramped up a bit more towards the end of the game. I got to admit, both teams kind of started playing good defense. Uh, the Hornets, in particular, had a, a couple amazing possessions down the stretch. But um, I also just have to shout out Rob Williams real quick. Um, you know, rebounds are rebounding is still a problem. I would say uh, I'm not sure how many offensive rebounds the Hornets had tonight, but I definitely could. You could see it a little bit. They still were able to. Uh, attack the attack the glass but rob will had 16 rebounds tonight man uh a lot of clutch little tip plays like i've noticed he's been doing that uh really hustling to get to that ball uh even if he can just tip it to a teammate man uh, that is not going unnoticed so rob is really playing the boards pretty well man um and without our starting center obviously horford uh you know it was never going to be amazing inside tonight but i think rob you know held it down at least the rebounding pretty
2: well
0: yeah, Charlotte uh, had uh, 14 yeah. offensive rebounds and we had 11, but we had more defensive rebounds. We ultimately uh, out-rebounded Charlotte by one at the end. Of That's that. good. So, not not too not too bad. But uh, yeah, man, uh, Ubre was really good also in that first half. He was five of eight from the field. He hit all five of five from deep. He was getting open looks after open looks. Miles Bridges, by the way, is really good at basketball. Really good. we're uh, really <laughs> good at basketball. He had 14 points at half. The difference was that they did have seven turnovers, uh, but they also had 18 assists. So not a bad uh, first half also by the Charlotte um, Hornets, who were really good in that first half. And then Boston shot 55% from the field and 44% from deep. Charlotte shot 53% and 56 from deep. Uh, ultimately, that 56 from deep is what kept Charlotte in the game despite those turnovers.
1: Yeah, and then so uh, to start the third quarter. Um, you know, I think you said uh, – you said Jalen had a crazy dunk attempt.
0: I believe, <laughs> yeah, at the eleven sixteen mark in that third quarter, was uh Jalen Brown went up and, and was like, "Oh hey Mason Plumley, let me uh go ahead and see if I can put you in a body bag." And it looked like he got fouled, but I, I respect them not calling it because I thought that they let a lot of physical play get away with this whole game, so it was really consistent. And uh, Jalen Brown was you know mere inches away from from putting Mason Plumley on a poster, which. Uh, would have been his first of two if it went in.
1: Yeah, we will. Uh, we will absolutely get to that second poster in just a little bit.
0: Foretelling a little bit.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. But uh, it did take about. It took about a minute and a half before the Celtics scored their first basket again. I mean, you know, I know. I don't want to nitpick. That's not super long. Uh, but like you said, Patrick, you know, fourth quarter against Houston took them a while to get a bucket. Um, I would have liked them to see them come out and. Honestly, I, I would have preferred to stop um, more on their first possession, more than uh, I was worried about buckets. But you never really want to see your team go uh, a 90 seconds without a basket to start the second half. Uh, but, you know, they definitely did get it going, though. Uh, Tatum and Brown opened up the scoring. Um, I just thought, you know, the third quarter was, uh, you know, more of the same, more of the same uh, than the first half. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah, and then that's when kind of Robert Williams started really crashing on the offensive side of the ball. He really fought hard He got the Celtics a lot of extra possessions in that third quarter. I was really impressed with his ability to track down the ball because people kind of forget sometimes that Robert Williams is, yeah, he's he's a known shot blocker and he's like this guy who's relied on for lobs and everything, but he's only like six eight six nine. Like he is a smaller version of a center in today's league. And his ability just to track down the ball was very impressive, especially having to play a little bit more minutes than usual just because Al Horford was out. I thought he did a great job of just being a difference maker out there in the third quarter.
1: Yeah, 100%. That exact thing you're talking about, the ability to track ball, track, um, track like the rebounds, um that really is what i was trying to get at earlier like it really pops on tape his ability to get to the right place and even if it's just a tip earlier i just think you articulated it a little better yeah he really his his ability to track the ball is really evident when you watch the games and like you're saying man he's only like 6'8 240 like he's really not a huge guy 235 even maybe he's really not a big guy so he's gonna have to use his athleticism and um you know anticipation to get rebounds he ended the game with Six offensive rebounds, which is great to see, man. Like we said, 16 rebounds. We really needed an effort out of uh, out of Rob like that because, you know, our big rotation right now uh, without Horford, if you don't include Horford. I mean, Grant I can include as a big. Um, but then after that it was –
0: Hernan Gomez yeah,
1: and the NSC. Yeah, but tonight it was just Grant and Wancho played four minutes. Uh, no Kenter at all. Um, so you, Rob really had to hold it down inside the paint, and I think he honestly did a pretty good job of that, man.
0: Yeah. And I think Raj, uh, what was it Jason Tatum did a lot of good things as well. Just helping Robert Williams out he had hit a few rebounds and he ended up with nine, right? Was it nine no, for Jason no. Tatum tonight? I have to double check that that's eight or seven. He had seven. So he had seven rebounds. Um, uh, it was Jalen Brown that had nine. So Jalen Brown nine. It, it, did Jalen Brown feel like he had the quietest 30 and nine game ever?
1: Oh, really? That is really wild. Honestly, that he even had yes, he did. Yes, he did.
0: And, he had a pretty quiet. I just realized that now. Like, he had a quiet one, you know. I, I know he was pretty big at the end there, but um, I just, I just looked at the box score now. I was like, wow, that was, that was kind of loud. Um, but not to get too distracted in, into the ending here. But uh, Lamelo Ball also uh, at the eight twelve mark in that third quarter, he had this uh, move on Marcus Smart, and then he stepped back and created like two men's worth of feet away from him, and just created all this space and just swished a three. And I was just like, man. He just did that to Marcus Smart, man. That was insane. I was just blown away. And LaMelo is special. He's so good, man. Oh. He is so good. Uh, his passing abilities, playmaking ability is, is top notch. But he's, he's starting to shoot so comfy. He feels super comfortable in the NBA. Thought he did really good in this game.
1: Yeah. Um, you have been a big uh – Really big LaMelo guy, man. He said he's must watch TV and he made a couple plays tonight that, uh, just showed how evidently true that is, man. Like his behind the head pass that I thought was for, uh, uh, I don't know, either Zeller or Zeller or Plumley, but it actually went to Miles Bridges you behind like Bridges. him for a massive dunk. Woo! I mean, that was beautiful. Oh. I don't want to gush too much about the other players, but I got to admit, like you said earlier, Miles Bridges, very good at basketball, man. He's proving that his ceiling, uh, you know a lot of people. You know draft experts. You know people who I really trust talked about him as a role player. Uh, can't really create his own shot. You know he's putting all those all those thoughts to rest, man. He really can show he can put the ball in the bucket, play defense. Uh, he had a cut. And we know he's an insane athlete. Lamelo, he's just special. Um, there's no two ways about it. He's special with the ball in his hands. And like you said, you know he might he might have crossed Smart there, but I uh, will get to some moments where Smart ended up getting the best of him in the in the clutchest of moments of this
0: absolutely yeah and then there was a moment also in that third quarter I wanted to mention uh, Tatum looked shaken up on a timeout at the 603 mark uh, he was slow to make his way over to the sideline and ended up being out and running on the bike uh, hopefully it's just like a cramp he did put a sleeve on his on one on the leg that he was holding um, but something just to kind of keep an eye for as the, the week progresses. They are off tomorrow. We'll, we'll see if any reports come out of anything serious out of that. But just a notion that it did happen that uh, Jason Tatum was grimacing after um, the timeout was called. So uh, just just watch out for Jason Tatum and, and see what uh, what the report is. But, I mean, he finished out the game really strong, so I don't know if it's anything serious.
1: Right. And also just on the subject of that, I just want to say, like, you know, Jalen was on the injury report with the knee tendinopathy. Really good to see him. Really good to see that he ended up was good enough to go tonight. Um, hopefully, you know they've got some treatment for that. Um, I tried to looked into a little bit into it. It's like you know similar to tendonitis, kind of, um, but not really. But I just I'm glad he played tonight. I was a little worried that he wasn't gonna play, and hopefully that doesn't stick around on the injury report too long. Um, they just gotta rest this man. You know, get him proper treatment, and he'll be back back uh, at full strength. So it's crazy to see Jay what Jalen is doing, putting up this quiet thirty and nine with you know some knee pain. So, you know, once he's fully healed and good to go, man, I just I can't wait to see what else he can do. But
0: uh, yeah, there is actually some quotes that just came out less than a minute ago about Jalen Brown talking about his needs. So it's pretty relevant right now. Um, John Corrales you know, uh, reached uh, asked Jalen how the knee was. He said, it's fine. These overtime games are killing me, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then Jalen also, Brown, Brown also stated that it doesn't feel like this is going to be a chronic knee issue like it was last season. He calls it being cautious and thinks it'll be fine. Perfect. So, wow. good optimism there from Jalen Brown, but I also think, you know, you're in the media you don't want to put the scare, you don't want to put that, you know, worry into the media, so we don't maybe know how truthful he is when saying that, but we'll take his word for it and and think that uh, Jalen Brown is is feeling fine with the knee.
1: Exactly. That is, you know, that that definitely puts me at ease. You know, if Jalen feels this is not chronic, man, you know, I'll trust him. You know, like you said, maybe he's not trying to freak out the media, but I'll take him at face value, man. Um, And that's absolutely great to hear.
0: Yeah, man. Let's jump into that fourth quarter now. Uh, Boston was up 97-94 going into that final quarter, and Jason Tatum hits hit his shot from deep to start that fourth quarter and Boston's not getting a uh, stop. So just really strong start for Jason Tatum to start. Yeah. Back to back threes to open the quarter. I mean, that was really good to see,
1: um, you know, that put him up to 34 points when he hit that second three. Um, so, you know, he had been cooking, um, but it definitely got, you know, as the quarter went on, um, it definitely looked like the Hornets were about to take this game home. Um, I mean the Celtics went down, I believe, I don't know if they hit ten. I believe that went down. They went down eight at one point. They were down uh, they were down twelve. Twelve even. So it did hit it went over ten. So yeah, I mean it definitely looked like down the stretch that I mean the Hornets kinda had this game, you know, there for the take. I think the Celtics were struggling on offense, you know, some some one pass shot uh attempts, a lot of dribbling, um, not enough moving the ball. Um, but you know, Honestly, I just I just want to jump to the last few minutes of the game. But so, Patrick, let, let, why don't you take it away? Uh, if you got any any mid quarter notes, because I'm chomping.
0: Yeah, man. No, I f- I had some notes here that uh, there was this moment that I thought was really crucial in the fourth quarter. There's nine one left. Hornets with mo- had like a ton of momentum. This is when they were up eight, uh, and Grant mm-hmm. just takes a hit on the head that led to a flagrant. And it it almost gave the Celtics a free timeout. They looked at it, ended up giving it to Grant. That Grant hits two free throws, and we get the ball. We didn't end up executing on our possession, but I just felt that sucked some of the momentum that the Hornets were really building on there in the fourth quarter. Kind of let like the Celtics kind of regroup. I felt like both teams turned like cooled off for a second, and then Jalen just went on like this crazy run where he had this one move where he spun between two guys and finished a layup, and he was just remarkable. Such a beautiful move. And then Tatum, Tatum had playmaking, man. That playmaking showed up. He hit Marcus Smart in the corner for a three. And then on the very next possession, he had that huge block right at the rim.
1: Yeah, um, that uh, just to say that that play where he hit Smart in the corner, that was off a pick and roll driving, off the dribble, perfect pass to Smart for three. That's exactly what we want to see from Tatum. And then like you said, on the other end, man, making plays on defense with that block at the rim, I mean, we can't ask more from our superstar than you know, running a pick and roll, finding an open shooter, and then going back down on defense and making a block. Uh, I don't know how many guys who can average thirty are making both those plays, so you know that is just really great to see from Tatum. And I totally agree that Grant, that flagrant that that was committed on Grant, really did kind of change the tide of the game. I mean, that definitely gave the Celtics a little bit of momentum. Um, Grant buried both the free throws. Man, that was really, really that was a really big turning point. I
0: totally agree. Absolutely, man. And then, uh, as we know, like 142 left in that fourth quarter, and then Jason Tatum had that crazy lob. They went right to Rob Williams, oh, man, and just just, just amazing. This is amazing to Jason Tatum.
1: Yeah, I don't That just is Rob showing is just pure athleticism. I mean, he, he high-pointed that ball. Tatum threw it about as high as he possibly could. Rob just went up there and got it. I went nuts during that one. Uh, that was just unbelievable to see.
0: Um, Rob was really good down terrific. the stretch too there I mean uh, I think it was like the next play That Jason Tatum had that really forced uh, Ugly jumper And ended up uh, Missing it pretty badly but Robert Williams was right there and tipped it right back To Tatum who followed the shot and ended up getting Fouled so Just just good job by Robert Williams being aware and, and just helping out Doing the small stuff
1: Yeah I mean I'm not going to say that that play bailed Out Jason Tatum but Tatum had taken – the possession before that had taken a really bad shot with a lot of dribbles, and then, you know, did the same thing. And like you said, he missed the shot, but Rob was first person, quickest reacting to the ball, tipped it to Tatum. And honestly, that was a really, really giant play. Um, you know, I think that was uh, that was to tie of the game with about a minute left.
0: Um, correct? Yep, and I, I know you want to break down this last minute here in that regulation. Go for it, man. I know you have all the notes here for – for the, the bananas of Marcus Smart and just a bunch of crazy I mean, stuff went
1: down. bro, I don't even really know what the heck was happening in the last minute of this game. I mean, those were the last points of, the, of, of regulation um, were those two Tatum free throws. Um, you know, LaMelo missed a deep three, uh, Smart missed a deeper three, um, and then, you know, Charlotte called a timeout. Um, and then Marcus, Smor- Marcus Smart, you know, like we said earlier, um, you know, LaMelo kind of had him a – had him shifting on skates. Uh, well, this time, you know, Smart was able to get the steal off of the Hayward inbound pass. Might have been the clutchest play Hayward has made as a Celtic. Um, and, you know, Smart got that steal um, and then called the timeout, which was, you know, a little frustrating. I don't know about you, Patrick, but that's, I mean, I understand it was probably the right move by Marcus.
0: I don't know. I saw Jalen cut down that paint, man. I oh. thought he was going to hit him, and I was like, oh, my God. Listen. I think that's going to be a dunk. I think that was going to be a dunk. And they call a timeout. I'm like,
2: oh, okay.
1: I can understand why Marcus did it, but I definitely am like a proponent of just letting your players play, especially in a situation like that, like off the steal, like on a live ball. Um, I would have just loved to see him, like you said, wait a second or two more, look for a cutting player like Jalen right down the middle um and also i will just say um i mean we'll get to it in overtime but you know i don't like when Jalen. it's not Jalen's fault but Jalen kind of gets you know he sits in the corner doesn't get enough touches you know i would like to see him get a couple more touches uh you know towards the end of this game i don't know if you agree but it just feels like we're not doing Jalen justice when he's just sitting there in the corner
0: man i kind of want to see him get on the ball a little bit more uh towards the end of Absolutely, yeah. I think they need to draw more up. I, I hate that they went back to the ISO play uh, to in that fourth quarter, but um, and jumping into that overtime, you know, going overtime after one twenty two one twenty two. I mean, do you have something else? Yeah, for just us. quickly
1: after, so Smart calls the timeout, um, and then they inbound the ball. You know, Hayward tips it, you know, into the backcourt, and then Tatum really doesn't get a shot off, so that was a little disappointing. Um, I know we're used to those Brad Stevens ATOs, uh, so I was kind of expecting to see, you know. Something like that, but uh, you know, we still, I guess, have a little bit to work on there. But um, honestly, I think the fans were like really crowding that like, that sideline; they were all standing up, uh, so that probably impacted a little bit. But uh, I'm sure we'll uh, email, will hit the books, and you know, try to drop a better end of game play than just you know trying to get it into Tatum for an ISO shot. But like you said, onto OT.
0: Yeah, man. And, and start off the OT, I, I was a little worried because in the first few possessions, I thought they were a little ISO heavy. They kind of went away from running an offense for some reason. And it was like in a night where your offense is just clicking because you're running an offense, go back to that. And it, it took them a minute, but they ended up getting back into that rhythm. And as we know, um, there was a, a moment there where, where Jalen with a huge three and then um, just to the tie the game and then Schroeder hit one um, as well. It was just Crazy, actually, sorry, it was Schroeder the one that hit it to tie the game, and then Jalen Brown was the one that hit it in the corner to go up three. That really started to swing the momentum.
1: Yeah, I'm a big. I mean, Schroeder really. These, la- I mean, these last couple games, he's really yeah. impressed me, and not just the scoring, which you know he did do a solid amount of. Um, uh, he ended with. Uh, he ended with. 23 points, which is great. But honestly, some of the things that stand out the most to me is is how quick and how great he is at like helping. Uh, he has great, very fast hands. Um, I feel like there was a few plays, uh, like there was a play towards the end of the game in overtime, I believe, where Oubre kind of had, uh, obviously has the size advantage on Schroeder. But man, Schroeder played about as good as defense I could ever ask for a point guard on a six foot eight wing going to the hoop, uh, forced a really wild shot from Ubre. So it's things like that that really endear Schroeder to me. But he really is also proving his worth on the offensive end, um, you know, making that really clutch three. Also, Rob had a big, big putback dunk on uh, the beginning of that overtime off a miss by Tatum. Uh, just see yes, cleaning up the boards there. Uh, but then, you know, after that, you know, Miles hit that turnaround. Miles Burgess hit that turnaround, really tough shot, uh, really, really impressive. Then Mellow comes down, hits that deep three, puts them up.
0: And then that's when the Schroeder responded. Yeah, and then Schroeder ends up responding with his own three. And then mm-hmm. that's yeah, – that was a huge – And then, and then yeah, the play – okay, so
1: after Jalen hits the three to put us up, uh, LaMelo comes down, misses another three. And I think then it was the Ubre layup I was talking about when Schroeder played great defense. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, then it was the Oubre they layup. Got,
1: uh, Tatum gets the rebound, instantly starts pushing,
0: and he finds Jalen – with perfect timing on that pass, by the way. From- at 121. So you got to go back. You got to go back to the film. Watch at 121. But yeah, Jalen Brown.
1: Oh, my goodness. Man, like we were saying with Zeke, you know, Jason Tatum the other night, this man made a business decision not jumping with Jalen Green. Now, I understand the game was a little bit out of reach. Uh, Miles Bridges in this situation, this man did not make a business decision. And I got to say, Miles, before we get into the dunk, I respect Miles. You know, end of the game, he was going up for that block no matter what. That's the type of attitude you love to see from players just in general, whether they're on your team or not. But he went up for the block, Patrick, and he did not get it. What he did get was put on a poster, man. Wow, that was one of the electrifying dunks I've seen in some time from Mr. Jalen Brown.
0: Miles Bridges had that wonderful game, been, but uh, Jalen Brown definitely baptized him at that 121 mark, and it was, was a clutch. Poster, man. He ends up um, putting the Celtics up by five points with less than a minute, you know, right around the minute mark. And it just ends up being that the Celtics took off from there. You know, it they were in full control. Smart ended up drawing a turnover on the very next possession by forcing, you know, LaMelo Ball to put, you know, pushed off of Smart. And Smart draws the foul. LaMelo Ball gets fouled out. Celtics take possession of the ball and they coast to a 140 to 129 victory. And they have a two game win streak now out of nowhere after everybody was panicking.
1: Right. Like we said, like we said after game two, you know, this was disappointing. And, you know, it definitely was not great to see in game two, but the sky is not falling. It's no time to panic. Like you said, Patrick, I said 10 games. You know, you, I think, are even a little better in saying give us 15 games. How about that? Before we really start to, you know, draw any crazy conclusions. Uh, So, you know, like we don't want to get too high, though, you know, two game win streak. We just come off a two game losing streak. Want to stay zen, want to stay, you know, not getting too high, not getting too low. But I do think uh, we saw a lot of great positives from the Celtics, man. This was just overall a fun game. I just want to get to that little smart, uh, the Lamelo ball push off. You know, some media outlets, they're going to tweet that video of smart getting crossed, maybe. But they won't tweet the video of the steal and they won't tweet him drawing the offensive foul, man. Quintessential
0: marcus smart yeah man what a what a what a great what a great play by marcus smart though man he was so good and the thing was i wanted to mention about marcus smart was he was so bad offensively tonight. he was not hitting anything he could not hit a barn if, if he tried right now it was so bad but he didn't let it affect him down the stretch and he did marcus smart things and really had some key plays that ended up ultimately helping the to explain
1: yeah that's a quintessential marcus smart game man uh you know, just terrible shooting night, but impacting the game positively in literally every other facet. Um, I just absolutely love Marcus Smart, and you know, in this house, we do not slander Marcus Smart, man. Um, so you know, I'm always gonna be here backing my guy. You know, I just don't understand yeah. how some Celtics fans view this man as a negative on the team, want him gone. I just that does not resonate with me at all, even with the mistakes that Marcus does occasionally make. Um he's a winning player, like Zeke said, man. You heard a fan a, someone who covers a different team, um, does not watch the Celtics. He understands Marcus Smart winning player. We gotta have him here. Uh, I think in order for us to uh you know reach that next level, man. I want him to be the point guard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that wraps up that game two for us here um on the Hoop Ball Celtics. Uh, Lucas, do you have any other things uh, to add?
1: I do not. I just, you know, I'm excited to uh get our next game going against the Wizards, you know? Uh yeah.
0: Yeah, on Wednesday, man, we actually play them twice uh, within the next, what, Wednesday and then Saturday. So some days off for the Celtics, much needed days off, after, especially after two overtime, win, uh, two overtime games in the first four games. And coming off a of back-to-back right now, they are going to get a break Tuesday. Wednesday, there'll be um, Wizards at home, and then they'll be traveling to Washington for the Wizards uh, on Saturday
1: yes sir it's gonna be the battle of the st louis legends man bradley Beal and jason tatum uh we know they like playing against each other so i'm sure they'll both put on a show and this is a new look wizards team i'm really excited to see them actually um yeah and you know we might have to have uh you know wizards wizards reporter wayne cole on to join us after the game man to break it down uh so maybe we'll have a guest for that game too uh you know tell us if you like that man because you know zeke's our guy you know i would love to have uh People who cover for other on for, yeah, for the post-game show is that. So if that's something people like, you know, definitely uh, let us know.
0: Yeah, man. And, uh, well, uh, that wraps it up here at the Hoopball Celtics. Thank you, guys, everybody, for showing up to the live show. We just knocked out two games in one. Uh, appreciate everybody coming out to support us you know you can always follow me on Twitter at Ballin Opinions you can always follow Lucas uh, on Twitter at Luca underscore Gainer not Lucas it's Luca I, I had to correct myself because I believe last podcast I said Lucas underscore yeah, sir. Gainer.
1: I just let it fly too I was like it's all
0: he didn't even <laughs> correct man what a great co-host like, no, <laughs> man. Listen, what, a, what a guy always a
1: pleasure Patrick Searson, man always love talking hoops man and we'll be back Wednesday night
0: Yes, sir. We'll see you Wednesday night. We'll be taking Tuesday off, man. All right, everybody, have a good one.